0: Welcome to Pastors Confidential.
1: We're Michelle and Eric Waters.
0: Two pastors.
1: One podcast.
0: And here's what we're talking about today. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are did you? Did I about? turn
1: that on before yes, you knew you it was coming on? Yep. Okay. Well, you were just commenting on my pens.
0: I was commenting on your pens yes. They're, they're very striking. Such
1: a nice collection.
0: What a lovely collection of pens. <laughs> no, so, but, okay. why do you have so many <laughs> different
1: colors. <laughs> okay, so it's not you can't really see it in this Bible because this is I only have had this Bible for about two years. But when I read a book, mm-hmm. like let's I'm in Luke right now. I write down the last time I read it. So this the last time I read Luke was in seven twenty-two. Mm-hmm. And then I use that color when I'm underlining and stuff, and I know that year. Oh see this is red and there's uh-huh. red but if i'm like right now i'm reading first timothy you know i'm actually on second timothy now so i'm using a different color than the year than when i read it last year uh-huh. see how that works
0: so i see so then so, so then the it's color coded you have yes. multiple I got you.
1: yes now this bible like i said is is rather new so it doesn't show uh-huh. all that but my other one my threadbare one that's falling apart does i see well now i know yes yeah, so you can someday when i'm gone you can look back and be like oh she read this in September of 19 I don't know
0: You just make I like
1: I forgot when we were I kind of forgot when I was born for a second Oh, oh speaking There's of birth it is our daughter's 21st birthday today. Happy right. birthday Elizabeth Happy Mary. Birthday, Ellie. We're going to go see her tonight and take her out for dinner that's in right. Austin. That'll
0: be a lot of fun. Yes. So 21 years old. Can't believe we have two 21-year-olds. And you know, I'm but we
1: don't have two 21-year-olds. We have a 22-year-old well, and a 21-year-old. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I was thinking about Ellie today because she was our uh, she was our, our little stretchy one. I mean, she was our, our athletic child, you know. And I remember taking her back home from the hospital. She was the one who, like our, our infant, who could just contort herself like a cat. Like yes, you called her you called her, she call would her just kitty cat. Yeah, kind of bend all over the place. So and then
1: she turned into that. a gymnast.
0: She did turn into a gymnast for a while. I right?
1: will say they're all going to take issue with the fact that you said she's our one athletic child.
0: <laughs> well, what I meant was.
1: Well, come on. Well, you know we're as gonna hear about a little that. baby, she was our Yes, as an infant yes. even. As an okay. infant, she was very you could tell she could be was gonna be a gymnast, yes. Much better. Anyway. Much better. Okay, and then finally, speaking of athletics, all these segues. We started our football seasons last we week. Johnny mm-hmm. and Matthew both won their games. Um, it was a fun week.
0: It was a very fun it week. It was very hot. They're also athletic children. Yes, thank yes. you. <laughs> Uh, no, it was very hot, and it was it was one of those where um, I think everybody was excited to be back in football season. Mm-hmm. But you know, only in Texas would you have like a stand filled with parents watching their kids play in a hundred degree heat. You know, it was so hot it was it, mm-hmm. was. it was it was stinking hot. But they did well; both yep. teams won. Yep.
1: So. And Sam didn't have a. He's only had scrimmages so far mm-hmm. um, up at West Point, but he he has he didn't have one this weekend. He has one next weekend, though.
0: Yeah, I think that's his first. No, it's just one more scrimmage, scrimmage, more, then, scrimmage, more scrimmage, one more scrimmage, and then right. games, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, well, I was not in class on Wednesday because of football. We don't normally practice on Wednesdays, but we actually got rain on Tuesday night, yeah. so thunder and, and lightning, so our practice was canceled, so it was Wednesday for Matthew. So I missed class. So what do we got?
0: Well, fortunately for you, I was in class.
1: <laughs> it's a good so thing we, you were.
0: Yeah, i got to find my, my notepad. Okay. Uh, there we go. Okay. okay. <clears throat> so fortunately for you, I was in class. And so we were looking at 1st uh, and 2nd Chronicles. Now mm-hmm. remember that the, the Bible is arranged, or the arrangement of the Bible is largely chronological, but, uh, but not exclusively so. And so even though we've kind of already gone over or gone past uh, the time of David, uh, we're, we're returning now to 1st and 2nd Chronicles, which is <coughs> kind of a retelling of the time of David. Uh, and so Chronicles begins with a very long passage. There's uh, there's nine chapters of genealogies. that You know, so-and-so Ugh. begat, so-and-so, oh, begat, nine so-and-so begat, so-and-so so-and-so. So this is, uh, w- this is one of the the portions of the Bible that most people tend to simply skip over. Yes. Uh, because, you know, it's nine chapters of, of genealogy. Right. Uh, and so one thing I wanted to say about that, one is is the word beget. It's an old-fashioned mm-hmm. English word, and it just simply means that... Um, that uh one man is the uh, one man has a son so to be you know men beget women conceive together they have a child
1: oh so. I didn't realize there was it was like that men oh. beget
0: well, I'm here for women you, huh? conceive
1: huh. by the way beget was a recent word on wordle oh and wow. I didn't know if my ki- we were all playing in it and I was yeah. like I don't know if you guys are gonna get this because I don't know if you know the word but they did
0: yep so beget is uh, is so men beget women conceive together they have a child okay. Uh, and so we go through these long, long chapters of, of genealogy, mm-hmm. and it really skips. The way the story is told, it begins with Adam and creation, and then the genealogy just kind of goes through the history without really much commentary at all, hmm. and it skips from Adam all the way to David, uh, because what the chronicler is concerned about is is really the time of David, which is an odd way. I mean, if you think about all that the, chronicle, all that the, the chronicles skip mm-hmm. you know you're talking about uh, abraham isaac jacob moses joshua you know uh, all, all that kind of stuff it's some really important stories but it's just skipped over to get right to david hmm. but you know what we kind of do this ourselves uh and so i used a couple examples in class you know uh, we in the modern age mm-hmm. uh, you know as we look back over history we see the glories of rome and then that's followed by what we call the Dark Ages, and then there's the Middle Ages, and then here's us, right? So there's like okay. this kind of thousand-year period that we just largely kind of mm-hmm. skip over to get from one thing to the next. Okay. Um, similar way, too. You know, we, we as Protestants tend to do that. I mean, I, I know our our tendency as Lutheran Christians is to say, well, you know, there's Jesus, and then there's Paul. And then a whole bunch of bad stuff happened. And here's Martin Luther. Mm. So we kind of like skip over a big thing to get to what we want to do. Okay. And that's what Chronicles is doing too. So he really skips the story, fast forwards it straight to David Mm -hmm. to tell us David's story. But when chronicles tells us david's story it really kind of whitewashes his life mm-hmm. so if you think about all the things that david did you know the the juicy bits and mm-hmm. so for example you know his adultery with Bathsheba and the murder of uriah mm-hmm. and the loss of his child and then you know how his Uh, His one son, uh, Amnon, raped his daughter, Tamar, and then Amnon was killed by Absalom, and Absalom rebelled against David and all these other things. Oh my goodness. None of that is included. Okay. So all of, you know, the juicy bits are kind of left out, Uh, and what's left is just this idealized um, version of David, who's a virtuous king, Mm. um, and really doesn't even focus much on his, his, his kingship. It really focuses on the temple. But it's this very much idealized picture, almost kind of a whitewashed picture. Uh, and uh, one of my one of the classmates, Pastor Ron Walter, mm-hmm. um, on Sunday morning, he had a great analogy. He said, "You know, Pastor, the way Chronicles tells the story, it's kind of like a eulogy, mm. uh, because you know people will yeah, come sure. up when someone has uh, has passed <clears throat> away, friend or family mm-hmm. member will come up and they'll they'll tell you know they talk for ten minutes about the life of the deceased." and you know we may we may know all the kind of the mm-hmm. the ins and outs and that he wasn't always such a great guy but right the way the eulogy goes they only tell the good pieces yes thank right? and i thought Thankfully. That was, yeah i thought that was a great analogy mm-hmm. yeah yes that is a good analogy I that was a great analogy. except for
1: you had that one funeral oh where the crazy gosh. people got up and told horrible oh.
0: stories Man, it was, <gasps> wow yeah so you know you never know what happens when you give somebody a microphone <laughs> and this was one where uh I, I would have, said, I, I might have anticipated it coming if yes. the deceased were, you know, 20 years old and you've got people in their 20s getting up who don't really know right. these things. Right, But no, this was, you know, the the, the gentleman I think was in his late 70s, uh-huh. early 80s. Um, and he, we're in a church, you know, and his golfing buddy gets up to speak and starts like literally dropping the F-bomb from the church pulpit. Yes. Talking about how when they were over in France, you know, they were womanizing and drinking oh and telling goodness. all these dirty jokes. Oh my jokes goodness, oh my goodness. I'm just thinking, like, what do you do? You know, so I just kind of smiled and <laughs> with it and then got up and preached the gospel. Uh, but that that's, that eulogy was the exception to that's the rule. That's the exception was, to the rule. That's not crazy, the way Chronicles
1: man. tells of David.
0: Wow, that's a crazy story.
1: Chronicles leaves it out. Yes, we should write a book someday about all these crazy stories. Yeah. Oh, my goodness Okay. Gracious. So um, that's good. I like that a, a eulogy. Yeah, okay. so, so
0: that's Pastor Ron Walter. That, mm-hmm. that was a great illustration. And so um, the way that Chronicles tells the story kind of whitewashes it, leaves out the good bits, Mm. just tells us an idealized. It leaves out
1: the bad bits.
0: Well, yeah, the the bad or. Oh, the good, entertaining bits. I understand. Okay. Uh, And he he just tells the story of David, and he retells the story of David, really not even to focus on David's uh, uh, work as a king. You know what he did so much as a king, or even so much as a conqueror. That's mentioned. But what he really focuses on is David's work in the temple. Okay. Uh, so the Chronicles gives 19 chapters to David's life. Uh, four of those are devoted to the story of how David brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. Four chapters, right? Mm-hmm. Nine chapters are devoted to how David prepared uh, for the building of the temple. So, you know, 13 out of 19 chapters are basically about worshiping in the temple. Oh, wow. Um, and so the way, the way Chronicles tells the story... David's life work was to get ready to build the temple. So, you know, he united the kingdom, he conquered Jerusalem, he brought the Ark of the Covenant in, into Jerusalem, and then he spent the rest of his life just kind of gathering supplies, getting ready to, to build the temple. Of course, he himself didn't build it, Solomon did. Mm-hmm. And Solomon's story is similarly whitewashed, you know, so Solomon was a great man. I mean, his, that was the golden age of Israel. The uh, but man. you know, he had kind of a thing for the ladies. He mm-hmm. had you know, seven hundred wives, three hundred concubines. They led his heart astray to worship mm-hmm. foreign gods. All of that is simply left out. Uh, Solomon built up the kingdom, had massive building projects, um, but at the cost of forced labor from his own people. Mm-hmm. All that is left out. Just so mm-hmm. simply told the story of how Solomon dedicated the temple. Uh, and so the long and short of it is this: that um, the Chronicles was written at a time when the people were returning from exile in Babylon. So it's about five hundred years after the time of David and Solomon. Uh, David and Solomon are already historical figures deep in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, they would be like uh, the pilgrim fathers to us today. Mm. I mean, that that far back in history. And so it's a retelling of their story to focus on uh, on the temple because as the people are coming back into the promised land by this point you know they they no longer are an independent nation they're no longer an independent kingdom i think there's like one son of david still left uh, zerubbabel but he's mm. going to quickly disappear from the story so there's not really a house of david to speak of you know there are descendants of david but not a house in any kind of royal sense so they don't have political independence they don't have a, a dynastic identity as a house of david They don't have military strength. They have very limited economic prosperity. All they have, really, is the temple, God in the temple, worshiping the Lord in the temple. Uh, And so as they return from the exile, the temple and everything around it will become the center of their identity as God's people. Mm. And so that's what we'll look at next week when we pick it up with with Zechariah. Let's see. So next week we're going to look at, people want to read along, uh nehemiah chapter 2 which is rebuilding the wall around jerusalem oh that's a good chapter nehemiah chapter 8 which is rebuilding the faith of the people that's Mm -hmm. Ezra the priest gets up and teaches Haggai chapter 1 which is rebuilding the temple and then zechariah chapter 1 which is visions of return to jerusalem
1: oh so it's good stuff this week
0: yeah so it's going to be good stuff we're looking at next week but again it's all really focused on on uh the temple worshipping God in the temple and as the centuries go by uh, that will become kind of an achilles heel for them so that by the time that Jesus comes 500 years later by the time Jesus comes you know he will visit his temple and he'll say you know my temple should be a house of prayer mm. but you've made it into a den of thieves mm-hmm. you've uh, you've lost the forest for the trees here i am god visiting your house and you do not recognize me you do not welcome me mm. but that's still 5 centuries in the future
1: so when are we going to get to when are we going to get to the inter Testamental inter-testamental period. Testamental period. Yes. yes.
0: So, so next week is Crossways chapter thirty-three, and then let's see, beginning with, uh, I think it's thirty-six. No, it must be thirty-seven. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the beginning with chapter thirty-seven. So that would be so a couple three, weeks, three, four, five, six, seven. So about five weeks. Away oh, okay. Is uh, is when we'll get to the intertestamental period between now and then. We uh, we look at. Uh, Psalms. We look at wisdom literature. We look at some more of the prophets. Um, But then we'll Mm. have about three or four chapters on what happened between the close of the Old Testament and the open of the New.
1: And where does he get that information from?
0: Uh, Some of it is from those books of the Bible that the Catholics have that we don't, called the Apocryphal Mm -hmm. books. So we'll have a a unit on those. Uh, Books like the Maccabees and Tobit and Judith and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. look at those. Bell Um, and the Dragon. Bell and the Dragon, yes. I'm impressed you remember that. (laughs) Uh, So we'll look at those, Uh, and then some is just history, and so he'll talk about what happens in the history, uh, which is the stuff I love, you know, because by the time we get to Maccabees, we have uh, the Persians, we got the Greeks, we got the Romans, we have war elephants. It's really exciting stuff. Yes, I get very excited about that.
1: Yes, I I guess so. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we look forward to that.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of it. I mean, Chronicles is uh, it's an interesting story because it's a story that we all know. You know, we just read, uh, if you read through 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, you know the nitty-gritty, you know, warts and all, Mm -hmm. uh, what actually happened to God's people. But when the story is retold, the warts are airbrushed away, so to speak. So it's just focused on... God in the temple.
1: Now, does Chronicles ever come up in the lectionary? Would there ever be?
0: Yeah, there are a couple of pages of, of a couple of times Chronicles does come up in the lectionary. Um, I
1: don't remember ever hearing a sermon on Chronicles.
0: Well, there's, in, I think, in Second Chronicles, there's that famous passage: "If my people will oh, humble themselves, and yes. I, I will hear, and I will bless their land." That's everybody. Yeah. Right? Okay. That's from when Solomon um, Solomon dedicates the temple. But you know it in First Chronicles twenty nine verse ten. I think this is an interesting little difference between Catholics and Romans. uh, Catholics and (laughs) Catholics and Lutherans, right? Uh, So the you know the irony is that uh, the Roman Catholics talk about the the importance of church tradition, Uh and uh, Protestants talk about the importance of the Bible. Yeah. But when it comes to the Lord's prayer, we actually switch things. Mm. So when you look at the Lord's prayer in Matthew chapter six, for example, when you look at the Lord's prayer, uh, it ends. uh, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's it. That's full it. Full stop. Yeah. Right? And that's the version of the Lord's Prayer that that's prayed in a Roman Catholic church. So if you ever go to a Roman Catholic Mass or a wedding or a funeral, you can always tell who the Protestants are because we kind of continue Keep to for a couple words afterwards. Yeah. Right. But that's that's the version of the Lord's Prayer that's actually given in the Gospels itself in the Bible. Okay. Now, as for the ending, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen as for the ending that we you know Protestants yeah. end with uh, that actually comes from church tradition uh, that was an ending to the lord's prayer that was kind of added on as part of the liturgy as part of the the church worship service and became part of tradition and it's an ending based upon what uh, what David prays in first chronicles 29 so Ooh. it says in first chronicles 29 verse 10 Therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and earth. So this this idea of, you know, thine is the power and the glory forever and ever. That phrase actually comes from David's (coughs) prayer. So, hmm. First Chronicles is skipped over for the most part, but we do... It plays of, an
1: important role every we, Sunday. Yeah,
0: we make reference to it every Sunday.
1: In a Protestant church,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not in a Catholic church. Very interesting. Well,
0: thank you. I'm glad I was able to entertain you today.
1: Yes, very good all right
0: so we are heading up to um, Austin yes yeah, so our we're gonna get off, off the, a little early yeah. off
1: the podcast so that we can go do that-
0: mm-hmm. and um, I, th- I think we chained Zeke outside so yes so we have to go in. get him too
1: all right. all right well have a good week and we will talk to you next week
0: see you next week